Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of We The Podcast. Today, it's just me, Michael, but I have a very exciting guest with me, Nick. We're sitting in the common room of Spencer here with uh, two cups of Lipton Earl Grey tea. Uh, and today we're going to be discussing an interesting topic, dystopian literature. So uh, Nick and I both read books in, uh, in dystopian literature for, for this term. Uh, I read 1984, and Nick read Brave New World. We're going to be discussing the similarities, differences, how it applies to modern life, those sorts of things in this podcast. So, Nick, do you want to start off with a little introduction about your book? Uh, what did you read? What did you find interesting? All right. Thank you for the introduction, Michael. But first of all, I must clarify that I was the one who actually read 1984, and you're the one who read Brave New World. Oh, my bad. That's true. That's true. But, okay. So, 1984. Um, I guess if we're in this class, you definitely all heard of the book 1984, and um, what might surprise you is that this book was actually written in 1948, so I guess that's interesting in itself. It was written, you know, uh, like right after World War II ended, so the offers a good perspective there, and um, when it comes to dystopian literature, I think the most important thing to think about when reading 1984 is that it talks about, like, a really authoritarian, totalitarian government. So pretty much the government is like restricting everyone's rights, like brainwashing people, like controlling people's minds. And everything is pretty much geared towards the government. Like, every, like there's people rewriting the dictionary. Like everything down to like the letters, the semantics are all controlled by the government. So, and I believe there's sort of, sort of like a rom- romantic relationship that blossoms there, right? Yeah, so the main character, Winston, um, ends up I don't know, mingling with this um, Julia. character, Julia, yes. And then so they go off and uh, like they blossom like a romantic relationship in the midst of like this totalitarian, authoritarian, like this presence, big brother, who is quote unquote always watching you, mm-hmm. right? So that's, I guess, almost kind of scary, right? You know, like r- relationships are almost like not condoned in society and they're doing this almost out of order, right? Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't know, Michael, tell me about Brave New World. I haven't read this book. What is it about? For sure. So very similar concept with like, the government. So the government is very overbearing. Uh, citizens don't have a lot of freedom. They don't go too far into like surveillance is the same way that they do in 1984. So I read 1984. Uh, so I, I have a little bit of a recollection of it. But they have that sort of same level of surveillance. The main aspect of it is that citizens are bred into different social categories. So at the when they're first born, they're going to be, uh, through different methods, they're going to be made into their social class. So for example, uh, the people they want in the D class, the lower class, they will electric shock them when placing a book in front of them to make it clear to them that books are not their, not their uh, like suit. So these are going to be the people of the factories. And they shock them when they look at nature uh, to keep them in the cities. So it's really about controlling people, putting them in their place. And... The main plot here is not so much that romantic relationship because as the same one here, the romantic relationships are, or relationships of any sort really are discouraged. Uh, but the main plot here was uh, the, the main character, or one of the main characters, Bernard going into like a, a savage population uh, and it gets a little bit confusing. I had a little bit of trouble, I had to reread it a few times. But uh, coming back with this character named John and John is really the rebel in the story here. So, uh, somewhat similar concept to some of them and somewhat different. The first thing I wanted to go into, Nick, was the political scene of these two books. You mentioned a very important thing that 
1984 was written in 1948, so right after World War II. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess do you want to discuss like, the significance of that? I mean, I know, I know it's often thought of like a critique of communism. So uh, what, what did you see in the book that sort of related to that? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, right after World War II comes the Cold War, right? Mm-hmm. So like, um, this book was written in by a British author, I believe, George Orwell. Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure that the society that they're all living in is meant to be in a British like British based society. Exactly. And also, um, it's like the people in the society are living in the midst of a war, right? In inside the book, so. That, I guess, is kind of interesting in itself and talks about, like, the political aspect of it because they're talking about how the people in society, like, don't even know about the war. Like, the right. war... So, the slow... The, the mantra that I guess repeated throughout the book is war is peace. Yeah. Um, what I, I think freedom is slavery and... Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength is yeah. the last one. Ignorance is strength. So, war is peace. The people in the book have no idea what's going on, like the, like the citizens. They have no idea what's going on in the war. They just think that like, the government is telling them, oh, the war is good and all that. Okay, but how does that relate to the political scene? So communism, historically, has been referred to as a, a political ideology that brings people um, together, that, bring, like, that connects the citizens, connects the public sphere, <laughs> brings people out of you know, economic depression, like, builds like, a unified nationalist society, right? We've seen that in Russia, we've seen that in China, we've seen that to a certain extent in like Italy, right? So you have all of that together and like this totalitarian regime, I just can't say the word, totalitarian regime, right? Controlling the people and um, I guess that is honestly what the book revolves around. That's like the crux of the book is that Big Brother is always there and they're going to be watching you and that Honestly, related to like, okay, so how is that related to communism? Communism, um, as we, okay, I'm gonna use Russia as an example, okay, as we've seen in R- Russian society, communism plays a big role with like, starting with, um, from days like Stalin, from Khrushchev, all of those people, right? Those so surveillance was a very big thing, like, if they were like 1930s, like when Stalin, or 1920s, 1930s, when Stalin came into power, like a few years before this, a few decades before this book was written, uh, they like collectivized the farms, and then anyone who really spoke out against the government was killed. So that's one. Like, yeah, exactly. even even before Stalin, like there was like the secret police, like the yeah yeah I've heard of it. Okay, well, I forgot their name. Okay, but anyways, point is like like if you speak out of line in society, like you're done, right? Like, um, the main character Winston in the book writes in a journal, and even that is like prohibited. Oh, he's right. doing that like as he's writing, like the author writes that like, he's like sh- his hands are shaking as he's like writing in the in that journal because like. Even though he knows it's wrong and like he fears that like his punishment, he doesn't care because he's like writing is like his passion, I guess, right? But the point is that like even writing down your own thoughts in a notebook is like subject to death. Like, yeah. It's that serious, right? And like we've seen that in history, we've seen that with political theory. Like, but anyways, tell me about um, Bright, uh, Brave New World. Yeah, yeah. So, let's say one thing about 1984. <laughs> it seems as though like George Orwell is trying to scare people out of communism. You know, there, it, this, this big war between... It wasn't just the United States versus Russia in the Cold War. It was also the allies of the United States. So even, like, UK, right, there was some fear of communism. So it seems like he's trying to, like, feed into that fear and, and make people even more afraid about looking by saying, hey, this is, this is what communism looks like. Yeah. But with uh, Brave New World, Brave New World was written about a decade and a half before, in 1932. 
And Brave New World is often referred to as more of a critique of capitalism than a critique of communism. So with Brave New World, we often see, uh, we see some sort of like, people who are born to these different classes, which is very similar to like, you know, any sort of society where people are just, uh, you sort of stay in the class that you're, that you're born into. Uh, and this is from 1932. 1932 was just three years after the market collapse in the United States, which had mass effects on the entire world at that time. So it's really sort of a warning message about about a, a capitalist society and what it can devolve into um, if it sort of goes goes unchecked. So uh, you know the the Gilded Age sort of preceded the the Roaring Twenties and the and the um, and the Great Depression. So it was these big businessmen who managed to capitalize the entire market. <coughs> so at this time, uh, you know, the sort of distinction people often make uh, between the capitalist and the communist sort of critique in, in both these two books. Anything to add on that, Nick? Um, honestly, no, let's move on to... Yeah, let's move on to something else then. Um, we kind of went on to the tyrannical government part of it. I, I just want to point out, like, like, Brave New World. We talked about, like, the different parts, the different ways to try to control people. So, Brave New World, like, a condition people into certain classes, I mentioned, uh, comes, like, dislike certain things. They also praise certain special things, and this sort of feeds into the capitalist idea with, like, uh, they had religious meetings, and in these religious meetings, they would praise Henry Ford, who created the assembly line, which is, you know, because this, this sort of proficiency, this um, like effectiveness in factories was just was praised. And also they had this idea of, uh, of Soma, and Soma was kind of a drug, and people were constantly on Soma. Anytime they had any sorts of problems, they dealt with it through drugs that were provided by the government. And they were so addicted to these drugs, the government basically had full control over this. Uh, so I know religion, obviously, was, was discouraged in 1984 as well. Um, any other methods that you haven't mentioned that like the government used to control people? Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I mentioned how like they were trying to like read out the dictionary, like redefine everything that the people knew, right? Yeah. Brainwash them, and then like burn all the books. At some point, like history would be gone, and like the only history that would stand is uh, the one the government people, created. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. right, and then like it would get to a point where like the government could say like two plus two is five, and even though. Like, people who knew, like, math before wouldn't know that's wrong. Yeah. Like, to them, the math is just what the government puts out, right? So, like, if 2 plus 2 is 5, then 2 plus 2 is 5. But then, like, there's also, like, the government, like, teaching, like, the children. Like, it goes even to, like, education that, like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, the people are, like, restricted to, like, their own, like, to the, what the government teaches, right? So, like, even from a young age, like, I remember Winston would, like, mention how his neighbor... Was his neighbor Julia like okay, his Julia, like, Julia yeah, yeah his neighbor Julia like Julia's kids were like oh maybe it's not Julia because Julia was the girl the girl he liked oh, yeah, 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 it was okay. somebody else I forgot what the name oh, yeah, yeah, anyways like when's his neighbor right I don't know if was like missing something like he was he was saying like how her kids would one day just betray her and like um what turn, her, turn her, her in yeah turn her in like, yeah like that's scary and honestly um you know that reminded me of like it reminded me of like communist China, right? Are we gonna like bring it to communism? The, yeah, the examples, remember, yeah. Yeah, like, okay, we're gonna use like an example, like the Cultural Revolution, like, um, in China during that time, I like, I know because, like, people in my family, like, my ancestors were like, actually like, um, were victims of this, right? You, like, people would be like, almost praised to report people to the government. So it'd be like, kind of like, like the snitch mentality, right? That like yeah. we see now. Same as well. Yeah, so like, the in schools people would teach like, oh, your parents are bad, your parents are evil. If your parents are doing anything that's not like, for the state, for you know government, then like, 
report them and then we'll like show them justice and like the children will like truly believe that with their whole hearts and then yeah that's how like millions of people died right because they would be like sent to the government for like you know betraying the government's ideals and we see that not only in china but in russia in like fascism in italy right like that idea of like nationalism the state how powerful that all is it's like it's so prevalent like the themes that like are reflected in 1984 and in like modern society as well or well, not modern but like in society in like communist society as well yeah no very similar thing in russia uh you use a lot of like buzzwords that rang very true for for like uh russia under stalin so there was a very big story that was put out by the russian government sort of like propaganda with this boy named i believe dasha was the name it's a very common russian name it could have been really any other name but if uh, if you look it up you'll certainly find it um it, the story was essentially that this boy lived on a farm and uh this is again collectivization was a big thing here and obviously hoarding money and and storing stuff from the government hiding from the government not paying your taxes was frowned upon a lot so this boy who saw his parents doing that turned uh his parents into the government so he said hey look these these, these people are adhering more to capitalist ideals than communist ideals and uh the parents were arrested and shot and the boy was praised nationally like in newspapers and things like that but decades later when people analyzed uh the, these stories from from uh Russia they couldn't find any historical example of this kid named Dasha existing so the government just made up completely made up fabricated this story of this boy for the sake of propaganda and controlling the population and making everyone afraid of even their own family so as we talked about um like families were discouraged in 1984 in brave new world largely because it's an institution that's put above the government and the government fears that so the government tries to control it so turning in your family is a good way to do that and just discouraging families in general uh, i know in, in brave new world at one point john calls uh, the the head scientist his father because his father the, the guy was actually his father and everyone is laughing everyone started ridiculing the scientist because father was a frowned upon term it created the it created a relationship that was closer than that of a citizen to its government yeah i mean i mean you said it really well um i mean i don't know let's move on let's let's talk about like some other things yeah. like i feel like we talked a lot about the book how about we talk about some like I mean, it's like related to the book, but like how I don't know. Like, what do you want to talk about? Like, yeah, honestly, what I think is like kind of interesting, like, like dystopian, like the idea of like a dystopia. Like, sure, it's related to um, what we see in our world, but at the same time, a little bit distorted, right? Which is like kind of the point. But like, I like what we talked about, like in the past, what fourteen minutes and forty one seconds. It's it's so relevant to like what we've seen in history, like. I don't know, I guess at least from my part from what you talked about as well like mm-hmm. like we've seen this like over and over again repeated in history whether through capitalism whether through communism it's definitely there and it's it's honestly a little bit scary to like think about like we read this in a book like okay it's fiction George Orwell is like a wonderful writer he talks about these ideas like I'm like damn it's like like this stuff happened like it, it, it's like Maybe yeah. he might be making this stuff up and like well it's definitely like true and it like hits kind of close to home to think about how these ideas were like once like affecting like millions of people like almost yeah. like maybe billions of people like worldwide yeah that's, but, that's crazy yeah i think a lot of these also serve as like cautionary tales so it's not <clears throat> only just that like hey george Orwell was trying to like or aldous huxley is trying to warn us off of 
a world exactly like 1904 and Brave New World, but there might be certain aspects of that world that we might start seeing in our world that might indicate that we're moving toward that kind of world. And I know a common critique of, uh, uh, of, of more like socialist, left-leaning, communist type people is that in the United States, the schools that we have are conditioning people to become workers instead of like becoming like uh, actual like abstract thinkers. And this was, I remember reading like, a, or watching a lecture by this guy who wrote a book called um, Why A Students Work for C Students. And the, the book revolved around this idea that these people who get, do really well in school are actually just being conditioned to be workers. Well, people who do poorly in school are mainly like conditioned to be like leaders and actual people who actually succeed. That's like one of the critiques of like schools under a capitalist society. Yeah, honestly, like the idea of like education, like it's still, it's so yeah, it's like it's still weird. Like I, well, I mean, I've seen this on like social media or like news articles, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it talked about like how everything's evolving. Your technology's evolving. Like what, like thirty years ago, they didn't have like phones, and now we're like, you can watch a movie, you can like you know stream like a live stream on your mobile device yeah. while in like a desert in the middle of like, you know, some random ass country, right? <laughs> but then like. At the same time, like education, it's still tables, whiteboards, and like it's like the exact same platform. Like nothing's really changed. So, do, do you think like the developments in technology have made it harder to create a government like nineteen eighty four? Because we do have more access to education and stuff like that. I mean, wait, wait. Are, are you are you asking that like is technology making it harder to it's like establish a tyrannical government? Because large like two plus two is five. It's a lot harder to believe. There are like, yeah, obviously more complex okay, stuff. Okay, okay. Like lies are hard to believe now that we can go and look it up very quickly. Yeah, but then, then again, like at the same time, lies are so easy to believe because like, you, you can just like too. condition the, like the, what you see, right? On, like I've seen so many things that I've just assumed to be true, whether on social media or on Google. And like, I, I hear about it and like, I read more about it. I'm like, oh wait, that's not true. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like completely, like you never know. Honestly, like I feel like, um, I mean, okay, I'm just gonna use China as an example again because like, I just know the system really well. But I know that they're like, they're actively monitoring the government. They have like, you know, thousands of people just like constantly like looking at the internet, making sure like, um, the that like you know everything that's there is like aligned to China's ideal. Like it's like calling the like great firewall, right? Yeah. But then like, it's like you never know what you're reading online is true or false. Okay, so in one hand, you're like, okay, because there's so much access to information online, then it's hard to have a government. But at the same time, like, you don't know who's posting that stuff. Like, just, like it, could be just, it could just be like a government posting all of that under the name of Wikipedia, right? So right? It's, and easier, like, it's easier to spread, like, false info that can control people too. Yeah, like, and then you believe that and, like, there's that, right? Yeah. So... I mean, it can honestly go both ways. I think it um, definitely depends on. I think it also just depends on your education, right? Like, I guess in school, like at Children's Mary Hall, we've learned so many things that like tell us about um, like education and stuff like that. But then maybe like in different institutions with different education, like methods and styles and like teachers and stuff like that, all that could be different. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely see that. But like with schools, you know, people often say like. It's harder to be conditioned by, by the government, by the people, when you're more educated, when you know more. But like, I, know, I know even from the, mainly from the conservative side, a common like, critique of, of these sorts of institutions is that, hey, look, you look at all the institutions, uh, private schools, uh, colleges, they're all controlled by, by the left side of the media, left, left side of like, like professors and that kind of thing. So maybe, in a way, uh, it's actually like, easier 
to control once you believe certain ideals. So uh, if everyone believes the same thing, it's a lot easier to, to exploit that particular belief to make you believe anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Michael. Um, do you have any last thoughts on the books or like what you talked about? No, that's about it. Great books. Uh, highly suggest. Uh, we're, I'm going to explore another book. It can't happen here. Another sort of uh, dystopian book about why uh, it's, uh, it's actually quite easy to become a dictator in a country like America instead of what we believe is actually pretty hard to do. But uh, otherwise, no, I was just these books and uh, I had a lot of fun ta- reading about it and talking about it here. Completely agree. I'm looking forward to starting The Great Gatsby, another American classic that I just you know, haven't found a chance to read, but I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us for the second episode of the We The Podcast podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you.